another thing And another thing Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set the bar in the world of podcasts. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. And we are excited to be back again. You know, we had uh, a couple weeks off. We did a show. A couple of months off. A couple months off. We did a show. And now we are the models of consistency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One week in a row. <laughs> we're, oh. we're good. Yeah. Two weeks in a row, but two weeks in a row now. Exactly. No, it's it's fine. And thanks for all the. Uh, we did get some reaction when we posted our uh, our banter podcast, and uh, so thank you for all of our fans and uh, listeners who were happy to see us back. What kind of reaction? I didn't see anything. Uh, reaction like, "Oh, you're back." <laughs> okay. okay, okay. They they didn't know what to make of our absence. I don't think at so. least it wasn't reaction like oh you laughed. <laughs> yeah yeah that that might have been some of it too. I don't know but uh, but no it's it's all very nice and uh, we we love doing the podcast of course but sometimes life intervenes and that's just the way it goes. But hey we're back and uh, we love uh, to uh, to be part of this uh, journey with folks. And uh, should I mention John Mutton at this point? Yeah, sure. Since you already stole the thunder from me, why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, listen, we really do appreciate uh, John's uh, uh, sponsorship. Uh, he is, of course, the president and CEO of Municipal Solutions, which is Ontario's leading MZO firm. Uh, they're great for development approvals, permit expediting, uh, planning services. They do a lot of work with municipalities, Jody. That's that's their big uh, go-to area. Engineering and architectural services, even things like minor variances and land severances. So for all of your municipal needs, go to municipalsolutions.ca. And then I think I neglected last week to mention that uh, we do have this tie-in with Terrestrial Radio, huntersbayradio.com. In Muskoka, 88.7 FM, uh, every Saturday morning, they have a whole suite of podcasts, including ours. So give that a listen Saturday mornings. And that's, uh, are you still on the board there? Yes, I'm still vice president. Yes, absolutely. uh, I'm learning, Jody, I'm learning, we've we've got a new board, like um, soundboard. Uh, very modern board. You're on the board and you purchased a board. Yeah. We got a great sound board that the, uh, the, the sound over the radio is so much better, but I have to learn how to do those levers and knobs and buttons that you of course know very well. So I thought you were like big time though. You have like a producer. Yeah. I had a tech guy that did all that crap for me. Now I'm going to learn it by my, for myself. Okay. Speaking of community radio, I saw that your uh, again, I your own backyard. I think Perry Sound is working on getting a community radio station. Really? Yeah. Did you not know that? I didn't know that. No. <laughs> well, why would you take an interest in where you live? I guess, but um, yeah, no, that's that's happening right now. Now you're forcing me to look this up because yeah. I was staying connected. And hold on one second here. Okay. Okay. Online because I read this a couple weeks ago. Um. Where is the? Oh yeah, community station proposed for Perry Sound. Huh. 
uh, FM Community Radio for the West Perry Sound municipalities yes. just around the corner. And mayor and council of three municipalities so far have supported the effort. Okay, well, that's no. fantastic. Nothing wrong with more community radio, Jody. Uh, our, our signal, I don't think, makes it to Perry Sound. Uh, so there's no inherent uh, problem there. But, uh, yeah, uh, why not? The more the merrier. And on an unrelated note, I went to high school with a guy named Perry Sound. So His name was P-E-R-R-Y, I'm presuming. Yes, yeah, not P A R R Y. There you go. I Home of Bobby Orr. Anyway, we weren't friends. <laughs> You're bad. I'm just going gone. Anyway, yeah. you got to you got to thank our other sponsor as well. Your puffy jackets. No, I think that sponsorship is uh, complete. Oh, we're done with that. We're done with that. Yeah. Oh, so now you don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> well, he, Please go to guanstore.com if you want to. Uh, we, we, I'm sure they'd love to, to, to have your patronage, but we're, we're, not, we're not making anything on it anymore. I think we should just literally list off all the sponsors we've ever had in our three, four years and just invoice them. Yeah, Sure, yeah, the Muskoka chef. I'd be willing to bet that, like, I bet you that at least 50% of them would probably pay an invoice if we sent them one. <laughs> yeah. You know it's true. You know let's not true. let's not get down that road. It's just uh, I don't want to. I don't want to be known for grifting. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a podcast Ponzi scheme. Exactly. It's well, it's going to be worth something. No, Guan Store. They were they were good for two shows, uh, and they, I got the puffy jacket out of it, and I think that's uh, that's it for now. Well, buddy, those Bentleys don't gas themselves. I'm just putting that out there. Okay, okay. So, we'll, anyway. we'll work on we'll work on some new. Uh, now that new we've bored, and now that we've bored our guest yeah. to death, if in fact she's even there, yeah. still. No, she's she's still there. Yeah, I think she's still there. Obviously, she's we're wondering why we're, though. <laughs> no, no, no. She's uh, she's terrific. Uh, we really are, are appreciative to have back with us. Uh, from the Ottawa region, uh, the Honorable uh, Lisa McLeod, who represents the riding of Nepean, used to be Nepean Carlton, but I guess the, those communities grew. And uh, yeah, she's a former, she's a current MPP. She's the former minister responsible for women's issues, minister of children, community and social services, and my favorite minister of heritage, sport tourism and culture industries in my my day and age we called it culture and recreation but obviously it's uh it's a lot more important now so lisa welcome back to the program great to have you back here yeah thanks for having me guys it's a real pleasure real pleasure to hear you and your voices it's here i'm so happy to learn all about perry sound uh uh, radio station (laughs) a a high school mate that uh, was named perry sound so that will probably stick with me for the rest of the <laughs> This is gold, uh, Lisa. It's all gold, I tell you. <laughs> doesn't get much better than this. Uh, no, but listen, we, we, we wanted to have you on because uh, you're, you're a friend of the program. You were on, I think, in 2001. I think it was in the midst of COVID. And 2001? Yeah, 2021. It was in the midst of COVID, and I think you were talking about supporting our our uh, heritage and cultural industries in the in the midst of all of that terrible stuff and now we're all working for taylor swift so things have really moved forward, forward apparently 
I was actually saying to Aaron Benjamin, who's the, the president and CEO of Canadian Live Music Association, if only everyone understood the value of those festivals and events when they're happening in our local communities, but it takes an American superstar to come yeah. into Toronto for four to six days for us to realize that, uh, hey, this is big business. Oh my gosh, the amount of money she's going to pour in. And of course, my my 26-year-old daughter is losing it right now trying to get tickets. I'm trying to help her as best I can. But uh, And it's also, uh, Jody, we didn't mention this last week. It was 20 years ago, a couple of weeks ago, uh, anniversary of the, the SARS concert at Downsview Park, which I had a lot to do with, yep. uh, with the Rolling Stones, ACDC, Justin Timberlake, uh, you name it, uh, everybody was there. So uh, uh, that was 500,000 people in one spot. Uh, that was That's the way to, st- to celebrate the end of a pandemic, Lisa, is you 100%. get 500,000 people together in one spot to say, hey, I guess the pandemic is over. So that's how we did it under SARS anyway. I don't think yeah, we did They wouldn't let me do it under COVID, but, um, but yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it, it's a great way to bring people back together, but it's also a great way, I think, we just don't put enough value on, you know, um, sports and uh, and and cultural um, programming in our communities, and and to the value that they don't only just contribute to our cultural fabric, but also, you know, the economies of our local communities. Yeah, no, I know you're so well aware of it. You're uh, you've been a great, <clears throat> pardon me, advocate for that. And uh, live music, of course, is something that Jody and I care very much about as well, and we uh, we sponsor it and support it in our communities in Muskoka and Belleville too. So uh, I, I'd love to get just, you know, this is a freewheeling open mic kind of situation. Tell us, uh, tell us what you're doing these days. Well, um, I took a, a brief um, step back uh, from, from, from work, you know, mostly in my community, I was still active, but uh, I needed to take a break because I, I had a mental health crisis during the election about two weeks in that required me to get some care and uh, required me to take a, a, a step back um, from for, from cabinet, from government, um, and from a lot of the things that I normally had done. I had to do two things. One is to get a proper diagnosis, which I now know is bipolar. And the second thing, and I'm still dealing with this, and anybody that has it to bipolar I will probably realize this too, it really is... Um, uh, I, I can't think of the right word, but it's almost like you have to have a chemist with you to figure out what medication will work for you and what not only will work for you in the sense that, you know, it, it takes away the, the radical mood swings that you're prone to um, when you're a manic depressive, but also uh, to make sure that uh, it works with other medications or other challenges that you have. For example, I take lithium. I'm happy to say it, but lithium might not be for everybody because I've polar one. But um, it gets digested and it gets processed through a certain organ. And so you have to make sure that uh, that that's that's done correctly uh, with the right dosage. And um, it does take a lot of I'm, I do a lot of blood tests. I'm doing a lot of tests all the time to make sure that what's coming in is the right thing um, to stabilize my mind. And so. It has been a journey, I'll tell you that, um, and I, I have greater appreciation for our entire healthcare system after uh, spending an evening in the hospital, but also um, just anybody that's going through the process, it can be very, very difficult to sense what type of care you need when you need it, and uh, so I've been investing a lot more in that. Um, in terms of my time and effort in my office. But I've been also working with some other mental health groups where 
we start to bring leaders in our community and a leader doesn't have to just be a politician. And I know all three of us have experience in elected life and, and, and politics, but um, leaders can be anything from the local spokesperson for uh, a community association or somebody from a cultural community that um, has stepped out. And so we're really trying to bring those voices together in Ottawa and um, amplify those voices. So people recognize that, you know, they can do things like you can't like bipolar, especially is pretty much a, an interesting one because you've got everyone from Frank Sinatra to Winston Churchill, um, who's been diagnosed with this and, um, it, you know, some, some really brilliant people, but right. had really dark, dark periods in their life. Yeah. Uh, Churchill called it the black dog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know that I had my own experiences with anxiety and depression, which came to a head in 2018. So I know what it's like yeah. in a very public life to, uh, to have to deal with those issues. And uh, uh, yeah, you feel very, uh, at least I, I can only speak for myself. I felt very isolated uh, and uh, it was uh, a terrifying experience to go through that, that I had that I had to go through to get to the other end. But uh, in public life, you, you know, you have you have your own close circle of family and friends, but not a lot else. Let's put it that way. Well, I, I, I think that's true, because when you're vulnerable in politics, it often makes you appear weak. And right. the issue with confronting mental illness in our society means you have to be vulnerable because you're strong. And, you know, Michael Landsberg has an entire campaign of things that's called you're sick, not weak. And we have right. to shift our mindset from mental illness to being um, a, something that's weak to something that we're dealing with. And, and, and we're, we're sick, just like somebody with diabetes or cancer. Um, depending on what type of diagnosis you have. So, and you know, I'm really sorry that you went through that, Tony, because here's the thing is you weren't alone. There were many of us that supported you, but you didn't know that. And, and I understand that because having gone through this myself, much of the isolation is our own brain thinking yeah. that we're right. believing the media, we're believing the angry social media posts that uh, make us, uh, that help us, I should say, um, think ill of ourselves. And I didn't know you were going through that because I would have been one of the first to, to let you know, you know, you are in my mind. Um, I always think of you and John Baird and, and, and Jim Flaherty as three of the greatest, brightest lights in the conservative movement in my generation. And, you know, that, that's, that's just what I thought. I thought that you guys were spectacular. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I, I, it means a lot to hear you say that. Thank you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to be on the other side of it. Let's just put it that way. Jody, you want to jump in? Yeah, Lisa, I was going to get you to, I don't know how easy this is to unpack, but I'm sure this will lead us into a, an interesting discussion. But, you know, since COVID even began, my eyes have been opened a lot to mental health and new ways and just seeing the way society reacts and the way that we've built I'll just say structures and, and how we function in society. And it takes me to a question about politics in general, I think on all levels, whether it's municipal, federal or provincial. But, you know, we've seen some adjustments made. I'll use federal examples and even provincial examples of of dealing with, um, let's say, um, new mothers or mothers in general and, you know, how to accommodate child care. And, and I'm not just I'm not just speaking about women, but I'm just using that as an example, because I know there's men that handle the child care as well. But you know, there's been some adjustments, but 
you talk about the mental health aspects of it. And I would say, again, my opinion, but I would say that politics in general and the way that it's organized and structured with serving your constituency, and it is a privilege, don't get me wrong, but it is not, it is, people are not set up for success when it comes to their own mental health, especially with what we know now and being in politics. And I'm just curious your thoughts on that statement and what it could you, could you highlight maybe a couple changes that you think we could implement or you'd like to see moving forward so people don't have to, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, encounter the darkness and, and get into that sickness and, and battle with that? Yeah, I mean, look, that's an incredible question. And, and, I'll, and I'll just go back to, you know, Tony talking about the isolation. Um, but, you know, in Tony's case, he would be coming to Toronto or Ottawa and leaving home. In my case, I was leaving Ottawa and going to Toronto. And you're away from your support system because Tony mentioned it. The people that really you trust the most are closest to you, but you're not physically with them when you need them and you're going through anxiety or depression or a mania. Uh, in my case, it, it happened when I was in a manic state as well as in depressive states. And so you're far away from your support network, not to mention also your caregivers in, in the sense that if you do have a psychologist or psychiatrist or even a family doctor, um, you're, you're five, six, seven hours away. So I think that, 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 legislatures and parliament need to consider that level of support that's required on site um, because we do spend um, we do spend at least 12 hours a day on that precinct uh, when we're there and so that's that is I think a really important point Jody because I think that um, we don't have those sacred spaces and I'm not um, uh, I'm not a religious person but I do believe we do need to have spiritual centers within our spaces um, many of us come from a Christian background others come from a Jewish or Muslim background or um, in, in many cases today um, in many of our different indigenous communities um, are represented in parliaments and and just a safe space for reflection and just to shut the brain down just a tad, uh, then I think it becomes even more difficult for young parents and people who have just been married and are navigating some of the challenges of postpartum, of uh, trying to make sure that their children have a solid background and an upbringing while at the same time being away for four or five days. You know, that becomes a challenge. And then, you know, Tony and I, when we were first elected, there was no such thing as Twitter or Facebook. Right. Uh, it, you know, uh, and Tony, I think you were elected in 95. I was elected in 06. They, they didn't exist. And then the early iterations of those platforms were, you know, almost uniformly positive. And now for the last number of years, uh, you know, you look at the comments um, and it could be just the most innocuous thing. Like I like apple pie and the, the most terrible comments will come yeah. from who perceive you to be their enemy. And you're like, yes. like, you don't even know me. And then the problem with that is you start to believe that when you're in a vulnerable state um, and you're not feeling super good and your medication may not be kicking in, you start to believe those things. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've tried, and then I'll get to the last part of the, the point uh, that I would make other than having a safe space and environment for members uh, is also to, um, to have services available uh, beyond EAP that deals with some of the challenges that um, p politicians have when they're away. But this I think is critical and I'd be interested in your point of view, Tony, is after you've spent a number of years in politics, whether you choose to walk away on your terms or the electorate said, 
you know what, you've done a great job, but maybe it's time for you to go take a vacation and do something else. You know, where is that exit support? Right. I mean, there is some, but it's, it's, uh, that you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, we're supposed to be strong as politicians. Right. And so, uh, to, to seek outside help, uh, is somehow a sign of weakness, which it isn't. It's actually a sign of strength, but that's how your self-perception is. And the other thing, uh, and I'm not trying to create a pity party for politicians, but the the reality is when politicians talk about this stuff, the reaction of some people is, how dare you? You've got a cushy life. You don't know what it's yeah. really like to 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 really struggle. Uh, and and so you're you're almost self silencing yourself because you don't want that reaction on social media or wherever. And, and, and so, uh, these problems fester, they get worse. Uh, you're not the first person. I'm not the first person. We won't be the last people that will be affected by this. And, and I think we really, as a society have to help our politicians as well, as well as helping other members of society and uh, firefighters or teachers or whoever it is that, that, uh, that is susceptible to all this. Jody, do you agree? Yeah, and I was going to say just further to what Lisa was commenting on, and I'm sure that she can jump in with some other other thoughts on this as well. But I, I would think, and again, you guys have experience on the provincial and federal level. When I was in municipal politics as an elected official, it was probably a little bit different in terms of climbing the ladder to a certain degree. But I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes some of these decisions made by elected officials, you know, they're they're nervous because it could, you know, coming out with a mental health issue or saying that you're having struggles could hinder your ability to, you know, for lack of a better term, climb the ladder or hold on to your cabinet position or deputy position, things like that. And, and I think that's, you know, obviously that's a, a fear that, that we can't have, in my opinion, withhold uh, individuals in elected office from being honest and transparent. And the sad thing is, too, is I, I'm sure that there are staffers out there that say, look, you know, whether it's a whisper that this individual is a liability or this could cost us, you know, uh, support in this area. It's it's the way the decisions are made that I'm that I'm that I believe probably aren't in the best interests of people's well-being. And I and going back to what Lisa said about having, you know, caregivers and support on site. I, I mean, I think there's even a place for because I'm a big, big supporter of getting therapy and counseling I think it's very important for everyone to do that, whether you think you need it or not, because at the end of the day, I think we all do. Yeah. But I think you could have an there could be an argument made for paid paid staffers that are therapists, counselors, you know, psychiatrists, like like all that thing in, in politics. And I bet you we'd be better not only as in, in the political realm, but as a country, as a society, if we could support our politicians and everyone in general. We're just talking about politics right now, but I think it's a very, very underserved and under-supported um, part of our, our society. And and as Lisa talked about, and Tony, you know well, is like we're pro politicians, in my opinion, are probably the most attacked uh, individuals uh, in the country these days, you know, aside right. from our uh, frontline workers in, in all areas. But anyway, that's a lot. Yeah. Lisa can probably jump in there. Yeah, yeah well, Lisa, jump in. 
Yeah. So I love what you said, because when you and I love and I'll start with the frontline workers, you know, they're dealing with a lot of burnout. And when you see our emergency rooms, let's go back to the pandemic and a lot of the changes that occurred afterward, you know, they haven't stopped working. And some of the challenges that they're seeing in the ERs now are. Um, our mental health issues. I was, uh, I presented at uh, the ER. And so some of the work I'm doing with, um, with, with some groups here in Ottawa is actually trying to figure out how do we triage that best so people get the support um, and, and are in the right place. And so that's, a, I, big, I think, a big conversation. I love the fact that you mentioned you were in municipal politics, because I would probably say, while Tony and I get, you know, a, a greater deal of criticism on things like social media you would deal with tougher issues on the ground when it comes to people's everyday life, like their garbage pickup, like when their power is off, when their road isn't plowed, when their splash plaid doesn't start like that, you know, you're hitting them where it hurts, right? In their daily life. And um, so I think that uh, municipal politicians, you know, they also have it um, and they deal with it. And, and I think that we should not overlook whatever level of government that is. Um, when you're presenting yourself out uh, to fight for your community and, and put your beliefs out there, yes, we are all expecting to be criticized because we we know no, not everyone agrees with us. I think it's just become the vile nature. Um, you know, I had one woman arrested three times in a year um, because she had uttered death threats and she wanted to kill me. And, you know, you, you probably hear about it um, because I didn't, um, you know, completely advertise it. But I, I also saw the hypocrisy where um, a, another female politician in the city of Ottawa had uh, somebody write something on her constituency window that she didn't like. And that that was national news. And it was like, how dare it? And then I have a woman that literally wants to kill me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my entire um my entire house uh, for a security system that uh, I didn't really know how to explain to my daughter. And so there is, and, and I say this because I know we all sort of share the same views and leanings and I'm not just excusing one thing or over the other, but there is also a, a bit more of a difference if you're right of the spectrum. And I, yep. and I hate to sort of bring the politics into it, but I saw it and I lived it and I, I don't resent it anymore, but it hurt me a great deal because it made me feel that my public service was valued less, less than if I had a liberal or new Democrat badge behind my name. Right. And you, could be, you could be a target. It's, it's more legitimate for you to be a target. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't speak about mental health, Lisa, because your government, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, why, you can't talk about children because your government did blah, blah, blah. No, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I was proud of the programs we put in place and I was proud of the investments that we made. And I'm proud to be a compassionate person. And in fact, I spent a lot of my time making sure that members of the other side, um, you know, when they're down, I sit with them or I'll text them and I'll just say, you know, we got an outlet here. Um, and people don't see that. But I, I had one man last summer basically tell me I deserve mental illness because, you know, I was a conservative. And I thought, oh my word. you know, you're <laughs> like, what? In, in what world do you think that that's appropriate person? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think it's uh, I think COVID has uh, uh, people, some people, not everybody. Uh, have gone bananas because of COVID, and it really uh, the the mental health issues. Uh, Jody, you were alluding to this too. Uh, the mental health issues around surviving that really weird and horrible period 
that was COVID, I think, uh, has had an impact. Social media, you're right, Lisa, has uh, it's a, such a toxic environment now. That's had an impact as well. Uh, you know, we're we're not a country immune from uh, crazed individuals. Uh, just uh, look at uh, the assassination of Darcy McGee. But at the same time, just the the amount of it, uh, the volume of it, has certainly uh, increased. And I, I don't think COVID was helpful either. That's what I'm trying to say. No, and I was I was going to jump in and say just further to what Lisa was commenting on because we had a situation here when you t- you talked about hypocrisy and again, uh, in, especially in media and, and where you fall on the political spectrum. But Tony and I had talked about this before. But you know we had the prime minister here a couple weeks ago in Belleville, mm-hmm. and uh, you might have seen that there was a lot of protesters there, and it was very as as they described it vile and you know, the protest was a little over the top and, and I, you know, would I have been involved in it? No, it's not, wasn't my thing to be involved with. Did they have the right to do it? Yes. Uh, did they go a little far? Probably. Um, but it was interesting hearing the commentary nationally, cause that made national news that it's situation yeah. with, yeah. Trudeau. um, but nationally the, the way they angled it in terms of like, Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's ramped up. The right side of the spectrum is just getting more and more like the Americans and, and tying in Donald Trump. And I had a conversation with a local broadcaster here on air about how, you know, in 2015, and some of you, you know, Tony would know this when I ran federally, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was incidents like to that level and beyond that I went through at the door with some people where like, I can remember an individual uh, I won't get into the full scope of it, but I was canvassing. And again, I'm not bringing this up as the pity party. I'm just showing how it goes both ways. Um, I was canvassing. An individual literally said, if you don't get off my lawn, there was an issue they were upset about. I'm going to shoot you right now. You're done. Like, get out. You got about 10 seconds. And I was scared for my life. Yep. I was by myself outdoor yep. knocking. The other people were up the street. And I was like, holy smokes. And that, and my mom was on down the street and I was nervous for her. But anyway, all that to say that like, this is not new, but it's it's like as a I'll say as a conservative minded individual, we there's no way we get remotely the same treatment in terms of how we handle it or coming out about it. And it's it's very frustrating to the point where it's like, why would you share? Because you, people are just going to blame you, as Lisa said. Well, you guys are the ones that caused that. Right. So it's yeah. like it's you can't win. No. It's uh, that's the environment. And, uh, I, you know, I uh, just to put a, a pin on this one, I get asked all the time, younger people who are interested in getting in politics, should they should they get into politics? And my answer has always been the same over over 45 years of political involvement. Yes, get involved in politics. But my answer is also more nuanced, nuanced now in the sense that I want them to to go get involved, but also with their eyes wide open because there, there, there is a cost. Uh, I, I don't care uh, how you feel about a particular politician, but every politician, whatever political stripe, they are paying a price to being involved in politics. And I, I just, uh, it, 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 to me, it is a worthy uh, exercise to be involved in politics. Uh, not everybody feels that way. I get that even at the door before Twitter and and anything else, there were some people who would say, at least uh, Jody Evolve had these people. You're all the same. You're all a bunch of crooks. Whatever uh, that you know, you can have that political opinion. That's that's the way democracy works. But 
I think people should, who are entering politics, that they're going to need a suit of armor is what I'm trying to say. And, yes. uh, and the more we get the mental health supports and the mental health advice uh, available in whatever frontline position you have, you could be, you could be a clerk at service Ontario and you will need the same kind of training in a lot of ways. So that this is something our society needs. And my final point, if I may, since we're on the, our soapboxes here is uh, for anyone who's listening. And if you tweet or message on uh, let's talk day or bell, let's talk. I want you before you do that tweet, that hashtag bell, let's talk or let's talk uh, examine your own social media feed. What have you posted that has actually degraded the mental wellness of somebody else? And you should take ownership of that and make sure you're not part of the problem. That's all I want to say, because I get a lot of those hashtag let's talk. And then I look at, you know, these are the same people who are vilifying me or vilifying yeah. a friend yeah. of mine in politics or saying something about Michelle Rempel Garner or saying something about Lisa McLeod. And then they hashtag Bell Let's Talk. I mean, come on now. You've got yeah. to take responsibility of your own activities as well. That's all I yeah. want to say. So I, if I could jump in, I would say this, because uh, I want to end on uh, this, this note. Like, I don't want to end right now, but I want to yeah, I I, I start where you ended on Bell Let's Talk, because there's two incredibly important points there. The first is, you're right, they have to look at themselves and say, can I be better than this? And can I, can I be a better contributor to this conversation? Because I think Bell Let's, Bell Let's Talk has lost a lot of its uh, credibility based on that. So what's five cents like the, you know, and is it hitting local community organizations that can contribute more, but also you can't just be a good person for one hashtag and then try and really uh, uh, put somebody um, into their own mental, uh, I, I don't know, this well-being, I don't know what the word is, but that that's a challenge. And I, so I've become a bit, uh, disappointed with with those types of campaigns because again I think they're very they become in my opinion disingenuous. The second part of that, Tony, and I'm glad you brought it up, is media has a role to play as well. They, they have a role to play as as objective um, tellers of the truth. But when they veer from that and they decide that they've got somebody on the run, whether it's Michelle, myself, Lisa Rate. Um, right now, Steve Clark, you know, you, you know, like where, where are you chasing them to guys? Like, are you yeah. trying to come off a cliff? Like, are we trying to like, what's, what's the end game here? Because I'm going to tell you something, we're going to end up one day and it's not going to be that Helena Georges moves off to Alberta. It's going to be so-and-so took their own life. Right. I'm, I'm sig I'll signal that alarm bell right here, right now, because it is getting so serious and invasive that there has to be some level of um there's no collegiality anymore it's all very salacious and sometimes it's just whatever backroom boy that never has put their name on a ballot has said as an authority to a reporter and they have no idea of what that consequence will be when it's not true, but it has damaged that person who's already feeling quite sick. So I think it's so important you brought up Bell Let's Talk because they have a role to play on two fronts, on the social media front and because they are a major media outlet, they could be, they could be true leaders. 
Well, uh, this has been a great therapy session for me. I don't know about, about anybody else, but I, I really, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Lisa. Thank you so much for opening your heart to us and uh, to our audience. Uh, it means a lot. And uh, I just, uh, I, I see you're out and about in, uh, in Nepean and uh, doing some great work for the uh, citizens of your area as well. So keep that up and uh, please allow me to offer my blessings to your family as well. Well, they, they would uh, say the same to you and Jody, Tony. Thank you so much. And it was really, really kind of you to include me because, I, again, I'm just sort of doing my thing. Uh, I don't do a lot of media. And uh, and I was I was telling um, Tony before he got on, Jody, that my husband said, well, what are you doing? I said, Tony asked me to be on a, on a podcast. So I don't know. I'm just going to go on because it's Tony. So you guys are, <laughs> nice. you guys are awesome. Well, I, I, I hope you, you, you felt that, I, you know, I, I didn't want this to be a painful experience for you at all. Uh, I, I hope you don't feel that way. Uh, for me, this was just a great, having a great conversation with uh, somebody I care about. So, uh, well, and, and also Jody. Because I, I, I was able to do that, uh, you know, Homer Simpson's father, Abe Simpson, and another thing. <laughs> another thing, exactly. That's now you got now you got the tenor of the show right there. Yeah. Lisa McLeod, thanks for being on the program. Uh, I guess Jody, we should thank uh, John Mutton again for uh, his continued support. Uh, the Muttonator is uh, very very busy these days at MunicipalSolutions.ca, and also the support of HuntersBayRadio.com for their uh, having us uh, be part of their terrestrial radio family yeah we'll do this again in seven days you betcha